Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. One Silver. Army deserters Jack Fallon and Rand Hawley had joined with renegade Indian Joe Batwing in forming the most notorious outlaw gang in the Missouri Basin. More than 50 strong, the outlaws attacked wagon trains and settlements, obtaining money, food, and guns, and always leaving dead and wounded behind them. It was after their latest and bloodiest raid that Jack Fallon told his partners... This part of the country's getting too hot for us. We're going to Vamoose and go hundreds of miles from here where we're not known. We'll hide out in the Snake Mountains. But, Jack, there aren't any settlements or main trails out that way. Who are we going to rob when we need money? Holly, that's Injun country. And Injuns are who we're going to rob. <laughs> but not in the regular way. We're going to trade with them. Huh? Yeah, we'll trade them fire, water, and guns. 
Indians. We'll take furs in exchange. When Indians drink fire water, them easy to cheat. Him give anything then to get guns. I know that, Joe. It's why we start off trading fire water first. For every dime we spend on red eye, we'll make a hundred dollars. Yeah, but Jack, you forgot something. The army's building that new post Fort Randall out there near Snake Mountains. I didn't forget. I know all about it. There's only one company there so far. They're all recruits and greenhorns. We don't have to worry about them. <laughs> if it comes to a showdown, we have enough good men to outshoot them. The outlaws fled westward and set up a hideout in the rugged Snake Mountains. But lack of money caused a change in plans. Fallon said, Boys, we gotta go in for robbery just once more. Polly, Joe and I'll start working on the engines. While we're doing that, you take the boys and ride south, about a day's ride from here. Rob a bank in Harlan, and come back here as fast as you can. Sure. I'll get the boys together, and we'll start out tonight. Two days later in Harlan, a large band of masked men invaded the town and robbed the local bank. Come on, let's get out of here. Get leather. Easy, steady work. Come on, get it. They shot at all who came in sight. And when they galloped their horses away from town, six persons were sprawled on the dirt-covered streets. Two dead and four wounded. Nice going, boys. Keep riding till we get to the hill. Come on, get him. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had left a meeting with Dakota Indian chiefs a few days earlier. They were riding in the southern foothills of the Snake Mountains, when suddenly a band of horsemen appeared from a grove of trees and with guns pointing surrounded them. Hands up, All right, you outlaws. We finally caught up with you. Hello, Sheriff Wilding. Well, I'll be the Lone Ranger. Tonto. Imagine meeting you two again. What brings you back to this part of the country? Are you after those murdering outlaws? What outlaws, Sheriff? Sheriff Wilding told of the robbery and murders in the town of Harlan. He ended by saying... And though they had their faces covered, people who saw them say they were Indians as well as white men in the gang. Kimosabe, that sounds like Fallon, Polly gang. You mean that renegade outfit from Missouri? Ah, Sheriff, they disappeared from Missouri months ago. From your description and the methods they used, I'm inclined to agree with Toro. We've been hoping to locate that gang for a long time. If they're in this territory, we'll stay on till they're caught. Uh, may we join you? You sure can. We lost their trail when they crossed the stream back a ways. But we're almost sure they're heading for the snakes. Uh, maybe you'll help us find the trail again. Uh, come on, boys. Right. Come on. Get in there. When darkness fell, the posse came to a stop. We're out of luck, I guess. Just couldn't find that trail again. Now we're far away from my county, so we'll have to turn back. All right, Sheriff. We'll camp here and continue the search on our own tomorrow. We'll let you know if we locate the trail. Meanwhile, half a day's journey to the north, Joe Batwing completed the first illicit trading agreement with the outcast Indian tribe headed by a savage chief named Halamo. (laughs) 
But Jack Fallon, meeting with the respected Dakota tribes, found them hostile to his overtures. Their mighty chieftain, Dark Thunder, warned Fallon. Engines, not want firewater, not want guns. You not try, sell them. But, Chief, I'm only trying to be a friend. Stop! White man talk with tongue that lie. If him try to sell Injun firewater, him not Injun's friend. You're wrong, Chief, but let that go. Maybe you don't want that stuff. But your braves sure need guns. They finished building Fort Randall, and they'll be getting more guns and soldiers there. The soldiers will kill all of you. I say you stop lies. Dark Thunder signed paper with soldiers. Paper say soldiers, engines, friends. Help engines, not shoot them. Engines promise not to use guns because soldiers say them not use them. Rand Hawley and his outlaws had returned to the hideout without incident. There, Fallon told of his experience with Chief Dark Thunder. And the chief said his tribes were going to live up to the treaty they signed. That knocks out our trading plans, huh? No, not completely. Joe lined up another tribe, headed by a redskin named Halimo. And Halimo wants guns. Him not like Dark Thunder, soldiers, or white men. Him want to fight them all. But we don't have the guns to give him. <laughs> you don't think so? Joe disguised himself like a sleepy old engine today and went down to Fort Randall. Uh, engines come there all time. Soldiers used to them. I told you they were nothing but recruits and greenhorns. Anyway, Holly, Joe overheard some big information. There are a few wagon loads of guns on the way to the fort coming from Cheyenne. We're going to get them. Huh? Are you loco? No. Joe learned something more. Tell him, Joe. Me here, soldiers say them send only six guards to meet wagon. Huh? Going to meet him at Table Rock soon as they get word. Well, all Joe's got to do is watch for the detail to leave. With 50 men, we'll handle this thing easy. <laughs> The next morning, Indian Chief Dark Thunder and a party of braves appeared at Fort Randall. They were ushered into the office of the commanding officer, Colonel Andre Fletcher, who received them with elaborate formality. Immediately, Chief Dark Thunder told of the visit paid to him by Jack Fallon and concluded, And me tell him leave. Say, me not want guns, fire water. Uh, Chief, who was the man? Where did he come from? Me not find out, because me not ask. But last night, me learned something else. What's that, Chief? Same time white man talked to me, other man, bad engine, go to tribe of Alamo. Alamo, bad engine, too. Yes, I know all about him, Chief. I'm afraid we may have trouble with him one of these days. But about this Indian who visited him, what happened? Me learn bad engine say if Alamo give him furs, him give Alamo guns, firewater. That same thing white man say to Dark Thunder. Well, if that happens, there'll be trouble. He plenty trouble. Mean Halamo ready to make war on engines of Dark Thunder. If that happen, paper me sign with white brother say... The chief, I know what the treaty says. If you're in trouble, not of your own making, the army will assist you. Good. Me want guns. Want them now. Then braves of Dark Thunder able to fight Halamo... If Halamo start war... But, but, Chief, I can't let you have rifles now. I don't have them. But me sign paper. Paper say... But chief, you'll have guns. 
One of my officers, Lieutenant Gray, has gone all the way to Cheyenne to get new guns. We may receive them today or tomorrow. We'll let you have some then, if war threatens. If Alamo get guns, then Dark Thunder need guns for Braves. Want them now? But I don't have the guns, Chief. I tell you they're on their way. And if I did have them, I couldn't give them to you unless I was sure that... Ah, me not sign paper of me no inch and not get help. Me sign paper, because man who cover face... Uh, Chief, please. I realize, and the government realizes also, that one man is responsible for your signing the treaty. Now, I'm sure that if he, the Lone Ranger... The man who covers his face were here. He'd make you understand why it's impossible for me to let you have guns at this moment. Well, get him here. Me listen to him. But look, I don't know where he is. Then me get him here. You'll get him here? You know where he is? No. But me want him, me get him. Send message. But how if you don't know where he is? Smoke signal. That how. Back at his village, Chief Dark Thunder bellowed orders. Soon a fire was kindled, and the process of sending a message by smoke signal was started. Other tribes of the Dakotas, the Indians led by Dark Thunder, saw the signals and relayed them. And in the hills, less than 20 miles away, the man for whom they were intended saw the signals. He and Tonto astride their horses watched the white puffs of smoke in the distance as they rose skyward, then floated lazily away. That means Chief Dark Thunder won't see you. It means trouble, Toto. That's the only reason the chief would summon us. Ah. We say we go to him when him need help. It's a promise made on behalf of our government, Toto, and it's a promise we'll keep. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. Indians lounging in various parts of the grounds within Fort Randall had become a common sight. Soldiers ignored them. They paid no attention to the sleepy-eyed red man, Joe Batwing, who stood with his blanket wrapped high around his neck near the post headquarters building. His eyes barely flickered when, in mid-afternoon, a sergeant emerged from the building and spoke loudly to a nearby corporal. Hey, Pete, we just got word from Lieutenant Gray over the telegraph. The wagons will reach Table Rock about midnight. A few minutes later, suddenly alert, Joe Batwing left the fort. Get up! And headed toward the mountains and the outlaws' hideout. Faster, Satan, faster! The Lone Ranger and Tottle, riding hard, had reached a point less than an hour's ride from Dark Thunder's village and three hours from Fort Randall. The sun was low in the western sky as, riding along a ridge, they saw a horseman below, riding across a vast expanse of shale-covered ground, heading for what seemed to be a wall of solid rock. Who's it? Who's That's strange. Where can that man be heading? Let's use our field glasses, Tonto, and see. Ah. Him engine. Yes. You see his face, Toto. Glasses make face come close. Kimasabi. I recognize him, Toto. That's Joe Batwing. Me gonna say same thing. And look, Kimasabi. There's space between two big rocks. Yes, I see it. Batwing's riding straight through the passage. Ah. Yeah, we're going down there, Toto. Monsoon, we must start. Passage between the rocks, Tonto. Be careful as we go through there. Easy, silver, easy, Tonto. Who's We get through there, all right. Now listen, someone's talking. The voice is coming from straight ahead through those trees. Easy, Steve. Easy, Tonto. We'll crawl down behind those bushes and listen. Jack Fallon and Rand Hawley received Joe Batwing's report and assembled the entire outlaw gang. Fallon was addressing them. And so Hawley will lead you to where you take over the army wagons that carry the guns. Jack, are we going to take them at Table Rock? No, the detail from Fort Randall takes over there from another outfit. That would mean a double guard of soldiers. Then where do we raid them? There's a big bend in the trail a few miles this side of Table Rock. That's where. I'll lead you there. It's start get dark now. Detail leave fort about this time. Meet wagons at midnight. It'll take them five hours or so to get to the rock. You'll take a shortcut and reach the bend before them. But we don't bother them till they come back with the wagons. Then we kill them all. Jack, are you and Joe coming with us? No. Joe's got a customer for those guns, an engine named Halimo. After you boys leave, Joe and I are going to meet the Redskin. I want to make sure we get plenty for the guns we trade them. Boys, we may have to wait at the bend a few hours once we get there. But a thousand guns are worth waiting for. Yep. All right, let's go. All right, Tonto, we've heard enough. Let's move back. This is far enough. That gang we look for, all right. Them get worse. Them go to attack army. Not if we can stop them. Them too many for us. We ride to fort, tell soldiers. No, that would take three hours. Then it would take their cavalry unit twice that long to get to either the bend or table rock. And what we do, Kimasabi? We want to save the gun shipment, the men who guard it. 
But we want to capture those outlaws also, all of them. Uh -huh. Well, Dark Thunder called for us. We're going to see him now. When we learn what he wants, we'll ask what... I'm sorry. Crooks, right away now. As long as they've gone, Toto, let's take Fallon and Batwing. Jack Fallon and Joe Batwing watched the other outlaws disappear among the trees. Then they walked into the underbrush, where a line of earthen jugs rested on the ground. We'll bring a few jugs of red-eye to hell them over. <laughs> We'll get him tipsy before we tell him how many pelts we want for each gun. <laughs> when him drink, him give plenty. Him need guns bad, so him can fight Dark Thunder tribe. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's drink to that before we leave. Here you are, Joe. Take the first yeah. swing. Don't bother about uh, me. What mask, hombre? Don't draw your gun. No, no, no. Him say not reach for gun. Oh. Nice shot, Toto. We got them both. Me take guns. Oh, yeah, me got this one. Now, uh, me got him, Kimasabi. Masked man, I know who you are. And I know who you are, Fallon. That's why when we bandaged your wound, we're taking you with us to Chief Dark Thunder's village. In less than an hour's time, the Lone Ranger and Tonto reached the Indian village, riding behind the two bandaged outlaws. Oh, 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 oh. Otto, I'll take them from here in. You go to Fort Randall now and tell Colonel Fletcher what's happened. Oh, keep us happy. Get him off, scout! The Indians recognized their friend, the Lone Ranger, as he entered the village with his captives. They responded eagerly when he said, These hombres bad. Please see that they don't get away. Hold them. I'll return. The Lone Ranger hurried to Dark Thunder's teepee, where the chief greeted him. Uh. When me send smoke signal, me no man who cover face come pronto. How? How, chief? I know you have much to tell me, but allow me to say something first. Man who cover face always speak words of wisdom. Me listen. Talk. Quickly, the Lone Ranger told all that he and Tonto had heard and seen. When he finished, a smile appeared on the Indian's face. Uh, this good thing to learn. Me think maybe Army Chief tell lie to Dark Thunder when him say him not have guns. Now me know him not lie. Me know, too, that Halamo not have guns yet. Chief, if you'll do as I ask, he'll never get the guns. And this will be a peaceful territory for a long, long time. Me like to hear words of peace. Man who cover face, tell Dark Thunder what him want engines to do. Dark Thunder, make sure engines do them. Within minutes, the entire tribe of Dark Thunder, 500 strong, assembled. Ten braves left for Fort Randall to take Fallon and Batwing to the prison there. The rest, after a speech by Dark Thunder, mounted their horses, many of them carrying unlighted torches. Then they rode from the village, following their chief and the white man, whom they admired above all others. Chief, there's Table Rock straight ahead. Uh, shortcut, good one. Not ride near Bend. We're here with time to spare. We'll wait at the rock for the soldiers to come. Lieutenant 
Lieutenant Gray, who had been in charge of the gun-laden wagon train, called to his riders and guards as they came within 50 yards of Table Rock, precisely at midnight. Oh, oh everybody! Guards! Guards! Oh, honey, ho, oh, oh. Look, men. Road's filled with riders. Indians. It's a good thing the moon is bright or we'd have ridden into a trap. Get ready to fight, all of you. Yes, sir. You may have to move back or... Wait. Here comes a rider. Keep him covered. It's a masked man. A masked man? Yes, it is. He's calling my name. It's Colonel Fletcher's friend. Put down your guns, man. Oh, oh, easy, steady. Lieutenant, the detail from Fort Randall's approaching from the other direction. They'll be here in a few minutes. What's wrong? Why are you here, and why are all those Indians back there? It's an involved story, Lieutenant. But listen, there are outlaws hiding in the underbrush about two miles from here. Rand Hawley and his outlaws had been waiting in the underbrush for many hours. They had seen the detail from Fort Randall pass earlier on its way to meet the gun train at Table Rock. But now, three hours later, soldiers had not returned with the wagons. Hawley, impatient, spoke to the outlaw nearest him. Yeah, something's going wrong. They should have been here by now. They should have been Hawley, here long... Coming along the road from the other direction, soldiers. Huh? Hey, they must have come from the fort. There's a whole bunch of them. Hey, what the... Boys, get back in the road. Don't let them see you. Right. Come on, Come on get them. Get if we got a fight, we can't stand them off on level ground. Up the slope, boys. Up this way. Come on. Come on. Come on. Brothers, stay down there, Holly. Right. You're having a chance. You're covered from all sides. Light the torches. The startled outlaws, unable to see who called from the top of the hill above them, were suddenly amazed as a hundred torches flamed from the top of the hills that lined both sides of the road. For the love of... Engines. Everywhere engines. They got guns. Boys, we're surrounded. We have to shoot our way out of here. Now, stop it. Hold up. We give up. Boys, put on your guns. We give up. I told you you didn't have a chance. Half the men are shot. We give up. Thank you, Chief. Here come the men from Fort Randall with Tonto. We'll turn these outlaws over to them. Well, good thing, man who cover face. Tell soldier, let engines use guns. You captured the outlaws, Chief. It's a wonderful thing you've done for the people all over the West. All right, you outlaws. Watch down here with your hands high in the air. Lieutenant, have the medics attend to the movement. Yes, sir. Dawn was in the sky as soldiers and Indians prepared to return to Fort Randall with their outlaw prisoners. Holly and those who had escaped the gunfire were mounted. The wounded were placed in the empty gun wagons. Colonel Fletcher, standing with Chief Dark Thunder, said, Chief... If you hadn't helped the masked man when he asked you, many of my soldiers might have been killed. Those outlaws would have stolen the guns to give to Hallamore. Me only do what me promise when me sign paper. What soldier do to Hallamore now? He and his tribe will be placed in custody. They'll keep the peace, believe me. Good. Braves of Dark Thunder not need guns now. We give them back to soldiers when we get back to fort. They'll remain there for your use. If ever the occasion arises again to use them, I I doubt that it will. That because man who wear masks make everything right. Yes, making things right for everyone, Indians and the white men alike, 
is what he's done to make the West a greater and better place to live. Chief, I don't know what this country would be like without the Lone Ranger. This is a feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.